You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, so let's start with Chris from Alabama. Hey, what's going on, Ryan? What's Chris up? Chris from Alabama. Uh, just got through listening to your uh, podcast, uh, Silly Broad and, and, and the dude with no... Wait, hold on. I might not... Supposed to say that my bad. Let me start over. <laughs> Let me start over. What's going on, man? What's going on? I just got through listening to the podcast <laughs> with the uh, young lady and the guy with no backbone. Yeah, we'll okay. Go with that. Uh, basically giving their uh little opinions on on the Packers. But they're gonna for the record, you guys are supposed to be better than me. All right, I say inappropriate things that are rude and are going to get me canceled someday. You guys are the more mature people who comment and and say nice things about everybody because you're good people. All right? I'm just saying, that's that's my expectation for you, but you're failing me. So do what you got to do, Chris. And it's sad, and then, you know, the young lady. Uh, <laughs> See, there you go. Too much, particularly think that Jordan Love is going to be a good quarterback. Actually, she doesn't think he has an opportunity to be a good quarterback. He's just going to be garbage. Right. Which has been a narrative among a lot of media here since Aaron Rodgers has lived. And I think I just kind of sort of know why. All right. It's, it's kind of Packer fans' fault, some Packer fans. True. I'll put myself in that. <laughs> I, I will have to admit that when Jordan Love was drafted, I did not like the pick right. at all. Same here. And I was one of the ones who were like, why are we moving up to get this guy? What are we doing? We wasted the pick, blah, blah, blah. I can admit that. I looked at it like that. But, I mean, 
I have came, you know, I came along. Even after the Kansas City game, I still was stuck for all, man. He garbage. It was a bad pick, blah, blah, blah. So I myself, I put myself to say that I'm kind of to blame. And Packer Panther maybe had the same mindset because of the way that he was drafted and the, you know, the, what can I say, maybe uh, not liking the pick. I'll just say it like that. A lot of people didn't like that pick. So, and then with the Rodgers deal, with him, I came out, you want to get traded and all that good stuff. The whole thing, which is not going to fault, but being that that's how he came in and being that all this time he's been bagging up Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers finally left, now the narrative has to be, oh, he's not going to be any good. He's been there three years. He's been there all this time, and he hasn't uh, started, hasn't completed a game, uh, completed so many passes, blah, 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 blah. It's just an easy narrative to run with, and it, and it kind of sucks for Jordan Love. But, I mean... It- I'm trying to decide if I should continue playing or... Let, let, me, let me give you my thoughts up till now. Um, I think you're right. I think Packer fans are somewhat to blame. Um, I think the, the, the media... So, so there's a lot of different facets to it, but one of the thing is, things is the, that the media likes to play up the narratives. They like all the fun, you know, new hip trends. And Justin Fields is a trend. Jordan Love was never a trend, even among Packer fans. You've got two kinds of Packer fans. This guy is trash, and I don't know, we'll see. That's it. There, there really isn't... Uh, again, you can find two, three, four, five, whatever, but there is no loud consensus anywhere. Green Bay, you know, Packer fans at large, worldwide, no media members. I mean, the the, the best you're going to find is I think if you actually look at it, he could be actually pretty good. That's not enough for anybody to run with. Um, and so yeah, you you get can, can compare and contrast Packer fans and Bears fans, where Bears fans watch a guy play like garbage for two years and they think he's the the next coming of freaking Joe Montana. And uh, Packer fans have plenty of reason. If, if for no other reason, we have less reasons to assume he's going to be bad than Justin Fields, and we can't even get up for the dude to where it's like, I mean, I now, granted, maybe that's because we're a little bit more of a sensible, rational fan base than Bears fans. That's true. But it's also true that if we're not willing to do that for our guys, we can't expect the media to get all hyped about it. We can't get excited about Christian Watson. We can't get excited about Romeo Dobbs. We can't get excited about uh, Jordan Love. Not to the extent that anybody else does. Christian Watson was a better wide receiver than DJ Moore last year. I'm out there fighting in the trenches by myself talking about that. And the only comments I get from Packer fans are like, look, dude, chill out, chill out. You can't say that. Why? Not because you looked into it, but because the national media and Bears fans told you what to think, and that's what you think. PFF. DVOA, yards per route run, any metric that's worth looking at has Watson in front. Now, that's nothing definitive, but look at the hype for more compared to Watson. It's night and day. You can't even find people to get excited about it. In fact, one of the biggest reasons the Packers are going to suck is because there's nobody to throw to. They have a terrible quarterback and no receivers. Are you effing kidding me? And yeah, it's our fault. Half of our fan base are a bunch of negative jagoffs that do nothing all day long but rag on this team, and the other half spend so much time, myself included, I'm in this camp, 
trying not to overextend and be too optimistic that there really isn't a very large segment of the fan base that's just irrationally positive. At least not anymore. And even, even, even when Packer fans were irrationally positive in the past, how irrational was it? You win 13 games three years in a row and it's irrational to think that you could win a Super Bowl? And nobody was even saying, we're going to win it this year. Packer fans never said that. Vikings fans would say it more than Packer fans would say it, and we had more reason to believe it. The heck else was I going to say? It was another whole point I wanted to make. I don't know. Let's finish your call and see if I can remember it. Hey, Ryan, it's me again. Good My up. bad about that. I was trying to get it in for the three-minute mark. I kind of got on the rim. I apologize. You're good. I'm right back. I know I don't think we're supposed to do that anymore. So if it don't get played, uh, it's all good. But Jordan Love can really come out and prove a lot of the naysayers wrong. But you, just like you said at one point, if he was to do that, you know, guys like Colin Cowherd or some are spinning around and kind of make it seem positive like he really wasn't on him or like that. I think it's just saying that the Packers are going to be bad and saying that Jordan Love is going to be no good just seems like the narrative to run with, the the, the hot topic, as, as you can say, to run with. Yep. And it, it is really unfortunate, but like I said, like, Packers fans... Maybe I think 50% of them kind of got something to do with that because the biggest noise or the biggest uproar came from Packer fans on draft night. It was yep. a lot of Packer fans, including myself, yep. that was displeased with that pick. And it went on for a couple of years, and I'm pretty sure it's Packer fans right now that ain't feeling to love being the starting quarterback and really wish we still had Aaron Rodgers. I want to have changed my tune because... The tea leaves on the, the tea leaves on the wall. The writing was on the wall, man. Right. Like after last year, I was just like, you know what? It's time to move on. This guy, he, he don't want to be here. So it's time to move on. So, but to unfairly say that Jordan Love is going to be completely garbage and and not seeing any type of improvement. I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, we all just from preseason last year, and the Philadelphia game has seen somewhat of an improvement. Now, does that mean he's going to be uh, a Hall of Famer? No. Does that mean he's going to be trash? No. It's an unknown. So you can give an opinion, I believe. If you want to say that you don't know, but you feel like he's going to be trash, then say that. Let's don't dismiss that, oh, Aaron Rodgers left, and Patrick's going to be trash, and Jordan Love's going to be trash, and don't try to address the other side of the coin of, well, what if the time behind Rodgers made him a better quarterback? I mean, it is what it is until Jordan Love gets out there and does it and, and proves everybody wrong. That's what's going to be the narrative, man. It, it, it's sad, but it's true, man. But anyway, go pack, go, man, and hopefully Jordan Love can get it done and shut all these people up. Yeah, so I did remember what I was going to say, but before I even get there... um, one of the things that I, I, I've tried to dispel this a thousand times, but it, I don't think it's ever going to go away. A lot of people are going to look at this year as a litmus test. And if Rodgers is better than Jordan Love, then the Packers are stupid. I've said this a thousand times. It doesn't matter. Rodgers is not coming back. He was never coming back. The only reason the guy had a fire in his belly to begin with is because Jordan Love was here. That's it. 
And then he wanted to retire. He had no more passion for this game anymore. He didn't want to be here anymore. Doesn't want to play anymore. Doesn't want to go to training camp anymore. Doesn't want to put in any effort with the rest of the guys. He's got a bad attitude. He's constantly grumpy and crabby. He wants to go out and and do drugs and whatnot. Right? Good for him. All that. Don't care. There is no scenario where Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. That's not a thing. He wanted to retire this year. That was his decision. Then he got pissed off to find out that the Packers also agreed, right? Rodgers didn't want to be here. Packers didn't want him here. So it should have been like, all right, cool. Yeah, you don't want me and I don't want you, so I'm going to go ahead and retire. But no, he got ticked off and said, fine, screw you. I'm going to show you. And now he's going to go show the world. So he's going to go have a little hissy fit season, go win MVP, whatever. That has no bearing on whether or not this is a good decision. Rodgers is old, broke down, doesn't want to play anymore. He doesn't have the passion for the game. At some point, you got to grow up and realize that it's time to move on. It's time to move on. He's not going to play till he's 60. I'm so sorry. That's not a reality. At some point, you have to move on. And if you're responsible, you plan for that, which is what the Packers did. Okay? So it doesn't matter if Jordan Love is a terrible quarterback and Aaron Rodgers um, wins the MVP. The point is, we need a new quarterback. That's it. It's, it's, it's time to figure that situation out, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to figure out if Jordan Love is the guy. If he's not, we've got to move on to the next guy. But we need a new quarterback because Rodgers is not our quarterback anymore. All right? The, the era is over. It doesn't last forever. So that's that. <clears throat> and, and again, he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't like it here. He doesn't like Matt LaFleur. He doesn't like the young wide receivers. He doesn't like any of this stuff. He doesn't like Green Bay. He Again, the, the, well, it's because of Brian Gutekunst. Bullcrap! What does Brian Gutekunst have to do with his inability to hang out with any of his wide receivers? Or put in any effort toward any of these guys? Or show up for training camp? Gutekunst isn't even doing anything there. You might see him out on the field just sitting there talking to Matt LaFleur once in a while, but, but training camp has nothing to do, or OTAs has nothing to do with anything. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with Brian Gutekunst. This is about you wanting your team to be better, you wanting yourself to be better, you wanting your young players to be better, you wanting to support your head coach. He didn't want to do any of that because he doesn't want to be here. Then he goes to New York and he does all those things. Why? Because he wants to be there. I, 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 I just... All right. So then beyond all that, um, I think you're right that a lot of this, from the Packers fan base is still bitterness about that pick. And and that's the reason why they, they won't admit that he might be good, because they want him to be bad, because they want to be right about that being a bad pick. Because they're still angry and cannot let that go. I mean, these are, again, these are the same people that are still mad that T.J. Watt isn't on our team because of Kevin King. You can make 75 great moves that benefit this team, but you do one thing that pisses these people off, and they will never, ever, ever let you forget about it and want you fired and will not stop until you're fired. And then we go out and get somebody that's not as good as them who comes in and makes a mistake, and then they need to be fired. And Joe Barry needs to be fired. And then Matt LaFleur is going to need to be fired. And everybody's just going to need to be fired until we can find the perfect combination of players, GMs, and coaches that never loses Super Bowls. But, but I think the larger point, though, is there's a, a completely flawed thought process. And it's almost as if people just don't even bother to try to think what they think. They just, they, they, they say what they feel and never explore their feelings. For example, I think you're right about the draft pick. A lot of people remember everybody hated that pick. 
Everybody said it was a terrible pick, including Packer fans. And I think that bleeds into people's thinking about Jordan Love. What's the problem with that? People's dislike of the pick wasn't because he's a bad football player. People's dislike of the pick was because we had Aaron Rodgers, and the assumption was they're going to go get a wide receiver or a linebacker or anything else to make the team an even better contender. That's why they hated the pick. If Jordan Love had gone five picks earlier to a team that needed a quarterback, nobody would have been pissed about that. He got drafted exactly where he was expected to be drafted. He's not a fifth-round prospect. Some people thought he was a second-round prospect, but who freaking cares? It's the same draft that had Jalen Hurts in it, who was a second-round pick, and everybody said that was a garbage pick for the exact same reasons, and that's been fantastic. And so they drafted a guy, and he didn't start. You know why? Because he's a freaking backup. It wasn't until week 13 that he started. And then guess what? He was bad. He was actually pretty bad. And then in year two, he was kind of good. And then in year three, he was very, very good. Wow. So the Eagles planned for the future, and then the future showed up, and now they're in a great situation. The Green Bay Packers planned for the future. Now we're in the future, and you should be happy about it. But no, people are so stupid. They're like, oh, everybody was pissed about that pick because he's so bad. No, dummy. People were mad about the pick because nobody thinks about the future. The Green Bay Packers do. Intelligent football teams do. They plan for the future because that's what you do if you want to succeed, especially when you're talking about the most important position in football. But the point is, this is the point when the investment pays off. This is the point when we go from saying that was a terrible pick to going, oh, shoot, maybe that made sense. But nobody can get there. Nobody can even see that, oh, man, this actually kind of made sense. Holy crap, this is a guy that was supposed to sit for a while Like, he's really talented, but he's going to need to work on some stuff. And, oh, he did that. And so now those two things have come together. And also, he was sitting in a perfect situation behind Aaron Rodgers and learning from Matt LaFleur one whole system this entire time. But I guess the question is, did he ever kind of get over the hump? Because he's this elite player. Like, if he hits his ceiling, he's going to be a... unbelievably good quarterback but the question is is he gonna get there so is there any evidence of that if you ask colin coward he'll say no because he isn't listening but if you listen to anybody else yes 2022 is when the light bulb went on 2020 so everything is right here for you to see and nothing's definitive but it's right here but again nobody nobody knows how to think i i i saw twitter just recently discovered the concept packers twitter just found out that um I don't know doesn't mean he's going to be bad, right? That's a big thing on Twitter now. Everybody's talking about that. Like, oh, just because you don't know. And it's like this, oh, wow, I never thought about that. That's a great point. Like, oh, my good Lord, people. But then you see some of the comments and it's like, yes, we do know he's not good, which number one is funny because it's always, well, he's an unknown, he's an unknown, he's an unknown, and they mean bad. And then when you point out to them, okay, unknown doesn't mean bad, that's when they shift to, well, actually, we do know he's bad. So, and what are the reasons? I just saw this today. Fourth year in the league. And what have we seen from him? This is, this is honestly a, a line of attack that I've seen from Packers fans who hate love as well as Bears fans. Four years in the league and nothing to show for it. You freaking absolute low-life loser. What are you talking about? What is the alternative to that? What should he have done? You, you, you think Aaron Rodgers, who won MVP two out of those four years, should have been benched? I understand in 2022, I get all that. And even now, it's kind of like, eh, maybe they should have, maybe they, I don't know. But again, go listen to what the Packers said. According to guys like Bob McGinn, they really didn't like Rodgers. They felt like Rodgers didn't put any effort in. He was not playing very well. And they loved Jordan Love. Said he's Rodgers 2.0. 
So there is a question as to why they didn't. And again, I think it's because this entire thing for all these years has been building and trying to win with Rodgers, like, you know, trying to win in this window. So this is the final Rodgers window thing. And, and to be fair, they almost did get into the playoffs. They were looking kind of hot down the stretch. But the point is, like, we're going all in again this year. And if we crash and burn, we crash and burn. And then next year we move on. We're, we're not doing it midseason. Plus, again, foresight, thinking ahead, which fans don't do and the Packers do. We got to trade this guy. Not going to be great if we bench him. And then, of course, bringing up the stats, which are, are, are a culmination of two football games. We know he's bad because of that Chiefs game, which is prior to him supposedly taking that big leap. So it should be kind of just dismissed. And of course, nowhere near the same situation as being the starter and playing through an entire year with guys that you've been training with and all that stuff. But no, apparently that means something. And then the Eagles game, which was actually really good, which is the only time we've seen him since his big, you know, supposed breakout. And it's another year later. But oh yeah, he's terrible. I don't think I've ever wanted anything in football more than for Jordan Love to be good. I'm going to put Twitter out of business. Because I'm going to make every single frickin' person on there deactivate their account. You're going to have to go, in, go on threads and go into hiding from me. It's going to be seven. It's, it's going to be frickin' 7-Eleven, dude. 24-7, 365. Full-time job. Just pulling receipts and dunking on them. If Jordan Love is a good quarterback, and, and we're talking about uh, moving on, moving in a new direction in Chicago, just frickin' block me. If you're a Packer fan, you're going to want to block me because you're going to be tired of it after a while. The amount of crap that Jordan Love has had to go through, that Packer fans that actually support the team have had to go through, from the national media, from the rest of the NFC North, and from half of our frickin' fan base, you had better pray to God above that Jordan Love does not become a good quarterback. You will never, ever, ever be allowed to be a Packer fan again. Any positive tweet from you about, yay, go Packers, is going to be met with, screw you, you're not welcome. You don't get to celebrate that. You don't get to praise Jordan Love. I've done that to people in the past, too. Getting excited about something that happened with the Packers. Yeah, go Rashawn. Oh, 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 now it's go Rashawn. Now it's go Rashawn. Oh, okay, I thought he was a bust. I thought you wanted to tweet to me every single Sunday that he didn't break out, that he was a bust. I thought you wanted to be in my face about that. So now I'm going to be here every single time he makes a single play and get in your face. Just so tired of it. So tired of it. You don't know? Great. I don't know either. But you're going to sit there and tell me that you know 100,000% because you didn't like the pick and because of the Chiefs game? And you want to pop up in my face every single time I talk about Jordan Love and simply make the case, we don't know, we'll see, and tell me, yes, we do? Dude, I am going to make your life hell. Just like you've made my life hell. Do you know how long ago it was we drafted Jordan Love? Do you know how tiring this has been for all of us? How freaking exhausting it's been? 2020 was a long time ago. It really was. And I'm freaking tired of it. Ryan, Chris from Alabama again. This is my last call, I promise. I forgot to say one thing about the dude, man. I don't know who the dude was. I don't even know if that was a Vikings podcast (laughs) or just a a random podcast. Because after all the foolery, I just forgot (laughs) who who these people were. I think it's the ringer. But the old boy that changed his tune... After this lady just laughing, scoffing at what he right. said is straight garbage. Like, dude, grow up here, bro. Man, I bet, I bet he he is one of those husbands at home with the pink apron on, <laughs> washing all the dishes, 
cooking all the food, oh. taking the kids there. Where why his wife just sits down and does absolutely freaking nothing and just. I thought you were gonna say goes out with her boyfriend, but yeah, no, I get it. Runs all over him. I just had, I just had to add that, man. Like that's that's just straight garbage. Like, dude, stand on what you said, man. If you feel like that man gonna be good, stand on that, man. I'm glad I'm not alone because I, I was going on a tirade about that and I'm like man I wonder if everybody's just like oh this is horrible what are you saying I, I don't know I, I can't everything changes in society so fast I you never know when you cross one of those trip wires but I'll tell you that was that was sad and it's not just a man woman thing if you have an opinion and you have a podcast you need to be able to voice and stand on your opinion, or you shouldn't have a podcast. It's, it's so pathetic to hear somebody put in as much work, and this is, a, a, this is a data guy, right? But he's also talking about, I went back and watched him. And the lady on the podcast never said she watched him once. Never said she looked at data once. Never provided any data about anything at any point in the podcast about Jordan Love. The guy says, I went back and I watched him and I actually was impressed. And she laughed at him and he's like, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm stupid. I don't know. I, you belong with stats. Okay. That's your realm because you don't have the fortitude to have an opinion. She did. She had an opinion, and she stood on it. And then she crapped on your opinions, too. And you had no ability to challenge anything she said or even stand on your own opinion. So get away from opinions. Stick to stats. Create your little charts. Throw them on Twitter. Stay off podcasts, right? Or at least as a co-host. People can bring you in like, hey, man, uh, run some stats for me. You can be a little guy in the back. Pull up a chart looking at this versus that, blah, blah, blah. And then we can pop it up on the screen and we can talk about it. You can just dig into the stats. You just give the numbers. Don't ever give your opinion. There's no point in you having an opinion. Why have one if you're not willing to stand on it? Again, exceptions if this is your wife or your boss, in which case I get it. There was a time at which I would have said, even if that's your wife, stand up. I am well beyond that. It's not worth it. That's the bottom line. It's not worth it. Not worth making your life a living hell just to win an argument that you're never going to win anyways. Now, you don't have to back down as horrifically as you did, even if it was your wife. Something like a, hmm, okay, whatever you say would be sufficient, but whatever. I, who cares? I'm just, I'm just stunned that you could have such a massive NFL podcast and you have somebody whose entire social media presence is the fact that they cover Taylor Swift dunking on some dude who spends his life digging through stats in the NFL and um, his whole thing is, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, great stuff to listen to. Cringeworthy garbage. Anyways, why don't we take a break? Big, giant, massive shout out to Mr. Ben Schrankler. Another name that's been around for a long time. Really, really appreciate your support. Um, please remember to check out the pinned Facebook thing on the group and then the Twitter thing at the top of the Twitter. I can't think. I don't know why that's so hard for me to remember. Pinned tweet at the top of my Twitter, the Facebook group, pinned post, pit, 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 Peter Piper pecked a pick of pepper peppers, pepple peppers, and then fertilegroundranch.org. So anyways, we'll take a break. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Ryan. It's Garrett. Hey. Man. What up? Just uh, wanting to respond to a couple of comments from a few podcasts back that I listened to over the weekend on my night shift. And uh, Jersey Mike is right. My wife pointed out two things. One, she is frugal and she will buy something out of season. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did. Second reason, she does like looking at my guns. There it is. So he was right. So my wife is right. I am wrong. That's a C. So point there you taken. Go. Uh, second point. Um, Clayton made a comment on uh, one of the chalk talks about the Rams and going all in and he thought it was a good thing that they went all in and won the Super Bowl and then stumped. Um, I tend to agree with you more because I look at it this way. Uh, you win the Super Bowl, it's like dating a supermodel who is a 10. You get to date that supermodel for a year. After that, you go back to losing. That's like dating someone, a woman who is maybe a 3. And how many years are you willing to date someone that's a three in order just to get one year of dating someone who is a 10. I would rather be the Green Bay Packers and have an eight and a half or a nine every year. And I think that's what they have been doing. So yeah, Clayton is wrong. 
Ryan is right. And yeah, don't go all in. Yeah, boo boo. Just be really, really good and hope that you do win something. So, you know, hopefully all your wives out there are, are nines and tens <laughs> and not any threes. I'm not good. Anyways, this is uh this might be the podcast that gets me undone here. Um so there's there's kind of two components. I didn't I didn't hear Clayton say that, but the in general, I see this as having two components to it. Number one is if you could guarantee a Super Bowl, would you do it if it means you're going to be bad for several years after? That is kind of a subjective, debatable thing, right? That's up to each and every person's opinion. I personally don't like it. Um, however, I also don't think... That is the best strategy to win a Super Bowl. And I've kind of... I wish I could just pull up old podcasts where I talked about it because I can't remember exactly how it all played out. But you got to understand, the the strategy worked. And now that you look at it in hindsight, you can say it was the right thing to do because it worked. Same with Tampa Bay. But I don't think it's the best strategy to actually win a Super Bowl. Because again... If you look at, and this is what I ended up doing in the podcast, look at the teams who are most likely to win a Super Bowl. You're probably never going to get yourself up above like 20%, having a 20% chance. Going all in doesn't give you a 100% chance. It doesn't give you a 90% or a 70% or a 60% or a 50%. And if you were the Rams, let me just pull it up again real quick. Man, I could wish I could find that site. It was such a good site that I found, and I'm never going to find it again. And I don't know why I wouldn't have saved it. And if I did, I can't find it anywhere. So that's kind of useless. I'm going to save it. Save it where? I don't know. I don't know. I'm taking too long trying to find it. But the point is, they were long shots to win the Super Bowl that year. It really does not boost your chances all that much. And so if if it it's one question to say... Would you take 100% and then guarantee that you're going to be bad for a while? That's debatable. There's another question of, would you boost your odds from, let's say, 10% to, I don't know, say 5% to 12% chance of winning the Super Bowl, and but you're still going to be bad afterwards? With the alternative of, what if you could build a strategy of being a good team that maintains like 12%, 15%, whatever, every single year? Because remember, the Packers have had better odds every year over the Rams, including the year the Rams won the Super Bowl. So maintain that level of higher chances and, and better football teams. Packers are a better football team the year the, the Rams won. Um and just hope that things break your way, understanding fully that there are no guarantees and that the Super Bowl is, to some degree, things breaking your way and just kind of hoping for that coin flip, that roll of the die to go your direction one of these times. And then you don't have to expect this big fall-off. You can maintain that. To me, it's sort of a no-brainer which direction you go. Because the question is never a certainty. All-in is not a certainty. All-in doesn't necessarily even make you a favorite. All-in doesn't even necessarily make you all that good. All-in is simply code for going above what is considered responsible to make us a little bit better this year than we would be if we were responsible. That's really all it is. 
Does that mean you're good? Not necessarily. There have been a lot of teams that have gone all in and been horrible. The Broncos went out and just paid bajillions of dollars for a quarterback, new coach, all this stuff. What did they get out of it? The Saints went all in on Drew Brees. What did they get out of it? The Packers went all in on Rodgers, which I know is probably the whole debate. Well, no, we didn't. Yes, we did. Maybe not the way you wanted, but we did. That's why people like me who like to not go all in have been upset about it. Because they're doing all in things. So I think if we phrase the question differently, you'll probably end up getting different results. And I, and I don't just mean making it up arbitrarily as I did. I'm talking about actually go get the data. Actually look at it and see what were the odds of those teams above and beyond all the other teams. And, you know, even even Tampa Bay, who was a very formidable team, didn't really have that. They didn't have number one odds. The, the Packers had better odds. The Chiefs had better odds. Lots of other teams had significantly better odds over the years than the teams that won those Super Bowls those one years. And by the way, Tampa's not just a pure success story. right? They went all in and won. Then they went all in again and did not win, right? They tried to maintain that and couldn't, and things started to fall apart. The, the, the Rams have been doing that for several years before they won and have still been trying to cling to it after the fact and have not won. They won one time out of those times. So again, in retrospect, can you look back and say, hey, they did it, they were successful, therefore it was proven to be good? I think you can. Again, it's still debatable whether or not you choose to have it their way or our way would you want to be the rams or the packers right now i would rather be the packers rather be the packers every single year pretty much of the two franchises existence aside from like the year 2000 and the last you know the last two times they won the super bowl or about the only two years i think i'd rather be a rams fan than a packers fan but i don't see that as a helpful way of looking at things because that's just looking back and it's not looking forward and again, the other issue I have with that is there are a ton of teams going all in every single year that aren't getting talked about because there are these two examples in recent history of teams doing it and not winning. It's one of the only good things that I see about the Patriots' continued dominance and now the Chiefs' continued dominance, as tired of uh, as I am of it, is that they just keep smacking down all these all-in teams. I think there's a question as to whether the, the Eagles could have been considered an all-in team. I never really considered it, but they went out and got a bunch of people. And they got a lot of old guys, and, and Jalen Hurts just got paid. Now, they're not going to feel the, the sting of that for quite some time, but it sure as heck isn't a rookie contract anymore. Six this year, then 13.5, and then you're in the 20s, and then after that you're in the 30s, and then after that there's 40s, and then 50s. goes from 6 to 13 to 21 to 31 to 45 to 54. Obviously, they're not going to probably feel that last one. But again, compared to what they have been paying him, he had a $1.6 million cap hit in 2022. It's six times more this year than it was last year, and it's only $6 million. And it's going to double this year and then almost double again. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fans like that. They, they don't care about all this stuff. They don't mind having some down years, which I don't even think is true. I think when they experience the down years, they'll have a different tune. But it's just because we're not winning Super Bowls, we want to do something different. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't think they're going to tolerate two just abysmally bad years, and then we go all in and then miss, and then we're terrible again. Like, who's going to enjoy that? <laughs> I mean, going all in and missing isn't going to look much different than when we didn't go all in and went to the playoffs every year and missed. We're, all we're doing is adding in um, terrible years and, um, you know, raising our odds from, you know, low chance of winning a Super Bowl to still low but slightly higher chance of winning a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know.
anyways, that's that's my stance, has been my stance on the whole all-in situation. I don't see any reason to believe that it is the best formula to win a Super Bowl. The best formula to me is sustained success. There is no way of building a powerhouse that is so good you're guaranteed a Super Bowl. You're never even going to hit 50%. You're not going to hit 30%. So, you know, if you can build a team that's good enough to be 10, 15, 20% and maintain that for 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to get Super Bowls. Okay? That's it. That's the game plan. That's what I want the Packers to do. That's my preference. Hey, dude, this is uh, John from North Carolina. Put it. Uh, don't call me a new caller. I've called a few times. I do a lot more listening than I do calling that. Gotcha. Look, I'm actually calling you from Hawaii right now. Freaking beautiful out here, brother. So look, something just came across the Facebook scroll. Had to comment on. Apparently, David Bakhtiari was at a Beer Olympics. Yeah. Recently. With Tucker Craft. There you go. All right, I'm just- to his credit, that's team building right there. You know what I mean? He might not be the most rah-rah guy in the world, but at least he's hanging out with the young guys. I'll, I'll give him that. Saying, if I had to go to a beer Olympics, which sounds awesome, it would definitely be with them two people. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait to see Tucker Craft. Yep. Honestly, might be my new favorite Packer. I know, know he might not be the number one tight end. Cannot wait to see that dude. All right. I'll call back one day. Probably a while. <laughs> All right, man. Keep doing your thing. Love listening to you. Appreciate you, man. Um, the heck was I going to say? Oh, as far as the number one tight end thing, I mean, we're kind of all in on Luke Musgrave right now based on just a handful of practices. Like, there were two or three practices where we heard Jordan Love was just feeding Musgrave. Um, and then there was a couple clips. And, and the clips are fantastic. But you know how easy these narratives are going to switch? I mean, it's not going to take much to start hearing Tucker Craft had a great day to suddenly be like, dude, maybe he's the top. Let me put it this way. If the first day of training camp, Tucker Craft is the most talked about guy, if he if he's passed to the most or he had the best play of the day, I think it switches. Not 100%, but I, I think you're going to start seeing it switch um, from Musgrave to Craft. I'm just talking narrative. I'm not talking reality of how things are going to actually pan out. I'm just saying that's how volatile things are. Same with Dobbs and Watson. and You know, Dobbs is like the, the new number one guy because Jordan Love likes him a lot, and maybe that's the case, but I'm not personally buying it. Pretty much anything that happens in training camp is, is uh, I'm not putting zero stock in it, but it's it's going to be a wait and see until the regular season, basically. But yeah, I mean, he, he could absolutely be that, that guy, and I think it would make sense. I mean, Musgrave makes a heck of a lot of sense too, but um, who the heck was it? I don't think it was Dusty Evely. No, it was somebody else. Oh, it was somebody that Jacob... Uh, showed me on on youtube forgot his name but anyways he was talking a lot about these concepts there were there were different route combinations or whatever but the idea largely being you got one guy used to stretch the field and one guy working underneath kind of creating that separate that that space underneath which we've talked about plenty of times before that's why mvs and christian watson are so pivotal even if mvs wasn't that great of a wide receiver he was very necessary necessary i can't say the word necessary and not think about uh, dodgeball but I could see Tucker Craft being that guy. In fact, you could have both of them on the field where Musgrave creates the space and Tucker Craft comes up underneath, and then boom, you hit Tucker Craft, he turns up field, starts smashing a few people baby Gronk style, and there you go. In fact, I think there are some parallels between when you look at Musgrave and Craft, 
as when you look at Watson and Dobbs. You know, Watson's going to be more so probably the big play guy, but is less likely to be the more uh, the the big reception guy, although he could be. And I see that with the tight ends too. Musgrave potentially the big play tight end. But who's to say Tucker Craft can't be doing that work underneath? I don't know. Just saying. Uh, let's do one more. Uh, hey Ryan, Howdy. this is Nico. Nico, Idaho. Haven't called in a while, but I've just been enjoying a little time off and enjoying all the other content you uh, get in here. It's always good to listen to. Right. Um, it's funny uh, to kind of revisit the cow turd comment. You know, when I saw that video clip a couple of days before it got mentioned on the show. Yeah, at first I was like, what a moron. But I understand. That's his job. His job is to piss off all the Packer fans. The Packers have one of the biggest fan bases nationwide. You know, he's not going to talk crap about, you know, the Panthers because, you know, no, no one cares. cares. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but so when I first saw it, I was a little triggered at first just because it's good to hate the dummy. So then I looked at all the comments on the video feed, and every single comment was like, well, if he's selling stock, I'm buying because Colin Calvert is a horrible <laughs> football analyst. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he might have got a lot of clicks from us Packer fans, but uh, I tell you what, he's not very highly respected about his followers. Anyway, cleaning a window uh, right now? Um, just, you guys have talked about all the burgers, and burgers are life. Yep. Um, and I have been professionally making burgers on anything other than a sous vide. Never tried a sous vide burger. Um, and I can tell you that after that viral clip that came out a couple of years ago, I'm sure you've seen it. We used to mash the burgers. You make them into, you know, two balls. You smash the onions on top. Ever since I perfected that, I don't want to have a burger any other way. Smash burgers are amazing. As far as seasoning goes, you can't go wrong with the old Holy Trinity, salt, pepper, garlic. Yep, Lately, I've been addicted to something you get at Lowe's. It's called Loot and Booty. It's a black seasoning bottle. Loot and Booty, jalapeno garlic black rub. It's amazing, amazing. I put it on everything, and it's good. I just smoked a brisket on 4th of July, an 8-pounder, little medium-sized one. Is and it the Jolly Roger? It juice coming out that I just, I just rewatched the video and we squeezed it together. And uh, on high note, I'm going to my first Packer home game. Uh, September 28th against the Lions, a Thursday night game. So, uh, never been to Green Bay. I got a Airbnb a couple miles from the stadium. Nice. So I'm going to get there a day or two in advance. So if any of the locals that listen to the show want to drag me around and make me drink beer and have fun and little all-the-wall places. Listen to uh, this guy. You know, uh, <laughs> us, uh, visitors never find. Please do hit me up somehow. Um, uh, you can leave me a comment, you know, thing on Facebook or whatever. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Thursday night, second home game of the year. I am stoked. So go pack, go, and uh, enjoy the show. That was uh, that was quite funny. I'll, I'll I'll grant you that. I'm a little bit sad because I just I just finally went out and got some more rubs. Um, I got. The McCormick barbecue because I just like McCormick. I think it's simple. I think it's safe. Uh, I do tend to lean more sweet, and they are pretty sweet. I think it's delicious. Um, I got the chupacabra because my half Mexican lawyer has recommended it. Talks about it constantly. He loves it. It's from uh, what's the name of it? Like Dos Gringos or something. And then I got Spiceology Maui Wowie. It's only the second time I've gotten Spiceology. 
I cannot be any more excited about this Maui Wowie. I got pork chops thawing upstairs. As soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm doing some Maui Wowie pork chops. In fact, I'm going to use all three just because that's what I do. I can't cook without doing some kind of a comparison thing. But I'm, I am very quickly becoming a Spiceology fan. Uh, the other one I got was called Moss, I think. But it's, it's different because usually barbecue rubs are barbecue rubs. Like their, their sole goal is to, you know, they all smell and taste very, very similar. They're very similar ingredients, just different variations. But Spiceology does spices, right? So there's different like flavor combinations and everything else. And so the Maui Waui stuff is just wildly different. Like it's, it's almost reminds me of like a Asian dish kind of thing or something. I mean, it's obviously tropical, but I don't know. I'm, I'm beyond excited about trying that. But again, still a little bit sad because this Jolly Roger jalapeno garlic black rub, boy oh boy, does that sound fantastic. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta save this somewhere because the next time I get something, this is going to be that something that I get. It's perfect too because it's, you put it on everything. You know, a lot of these competition people, they like to layer their seasonings. I don't usually do that because it's like, this is what I'm using. This is one of those things that you could layer. You put on your jalapeno garlic, then you put on your barbecue rub. Yeah, that's dope. Appreciate it. Wish you were a little faster. A couple days, couple days sooner. Although you probably did call in a couple days ago, didn't you? And I just didn't get it in time. Dang me. But anyways, I got to get going. You guys have yourselves a fantastic rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.